Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about biblical counseling and the role of prayer. us think through this essential topic today, I'm very thankful to be with my friend Brian Gaines. Brian is the pastor of leadership and discipleship at Grace Community Church in Glenrose, Texas, right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He is also a contributor to the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, both our training events and our resources, and he's also a good brother in Christ and a good friend. So thank you, Brian, for being here with us today. That's my, my privilege to be here again. We're talking about one of the core disciplines of the Christian life, the the role of prayer, and though we want to think particularly about the role of prayer as it relates to counseling and and doing counseling and uh, the role even of change in our Christian lives, we want to start maybe just defining what prayer is. Let's remind ourselves of the basics here. So what is prayer? Okay, well, sure. Yeah, I think to, to get a biblical definition of prayer, obviously we, we go to the scriptures and as we look at prayer throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, um, there are lots of, of wonderful examples. Um, you go back to from Abraham to, of course, David with the Psalms, which are such rich examples of, of prayer. Um, the prophets uh, into the New Testament, the apostles, uh, Paul giving us uh, multiple examples and teaching on prayer. Uh, and of course, ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, um, who who prayed, who communed with His His Father, and so I think maybe as far as a definition, uh, a good succinct definition, um, look back to the Puritans. Uh, John Calvin said it really well: uh, prayer is the communication and our communion with God. And so it's us talking to God. We know that He speaks to us through His revealed Word, and we respond back to Him. Um, through uh, through talking to him in, in prayer. Uh, Richard Baxter said it really well um, also. He says, prayer is the breath of the new creature. <laughs> and so as we consider um, our new identity, that we have been made alive together in Christ, that uh, the Spirit of God now dwells within us, um, it is, uh, in a sense, our desire um, to commune to God, to respond to who God is, what he's done within our lives, and to um, just to, to interact with Him, to dialogue with Him. And so prayer, in essence, is, uh, is our talking to God, our response to God. That's a good reminder just to remember it is just talking with God and, and whatever our upbringing might be, if we grew up in a real liturgical church or high church, something like that, that we don't have to use big words or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just it's the new creature talking to God, like you're saying. So that's really good. Well, let's, let's narrow the scope now a little bit, now that we've defined prayer uh, what's the connection between counseling and discipleship and prayer? Okay. Yeah, and so I, I think as biblical counselors, of course, what we want to do is help people come to an understanding of God's Word, that they would walk in a manner worthy of their calling. Um, and yet prayer is directly connected to that. And so if we consider, for example, the words of Jesus in uh, John seventeen seventeen, there in his prayer, um, he says, sanctify them by your word, your word, or sanctify them the truth, your word is truth. And so Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying that they would know the word, that they would be set apart uh, unto the Father um, in response to uh, the knowledge of uh, the word of God. And so certainly those two have to go hand in hand. Um, I think counseling could probably be summed up from Colossians 1.28, um, where Paul there writes, Him, being Christ, we proclaim, 
teaching everyone and admonishing everyone with all wisdom and the purpose of that, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And so that's that's a big calling. That's intimidating. As as we see, certainly that was the apostles' job. Um, likewise, for believers, if you carry that into Colossians 3.16, likewise, we're called to teach and admonish one another um, as the Word of Christ dwells richly within us. And so that being our calling to help sanctify one another, to present one another mature in Christ, um, that leads us to prayer. Um, because that's an impossible task in ourselves. We, you know, as I consider my own life and my own struggles, and I think, who am I to help somebody else? And then as we consider these others who have great struggles and uh, we're called to present them mature in Christ, um, it's, the job is, is just too big. And yet we know that the Christ is greater than all those things. And so, again, um, it reminds us of our need to pray. In fact, Paul, then, in the next verse, um, chapter 1, 29 of Colossians, uh, talks about um, God working powerfully within him. And so he knows the strength that he needs to serve to present everyone mature in Christ isn't something he can just conjure up. He knows that if it will happen, it will be by the grace of God, the strength of God. And so that... Seeking to present each other mature in Christ is directly connected to to prayer. They cannot be disconnected. We access that power and we lean on Christ through the through prayer itself in that context as we seek to grow. Yes. Um, maybe before we talk about the role of prayer as it relates to the role of the counselor and the counseling, maybe we just talk in general about the role of prayer in the spiritual disciplines, just a regular walk with God. So maybe you can just kind of introduce us to this this fundamental spiritual discipline. What, what role does prayer play in just the life of the believer in general? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, absolutely essential. Um, and so we think through, if we continue in Colossians, Colossians 4.2, um, the calling there is to devote yourself to prayer. Um and I know that's difficult for us in a, an age in which we're all very busy. There's lots of things going on. And what we're devoted to, though, ultimately is revealed in how we use our time, how we use our, our resources. And so if we um, think about this calling to devote ourselves to, to prayer, um, we consider um, just the everyday life. Um, what would be the difference if we were to pray before every conversation, would our conversations look different? What would be the difference um, if we're devoted to prayer um, when we're ready to, to make a purchase? Um, if we prayed about that purchase, is this ultimately for the kingdom of Christ, for the benefit of others, or is this merely about my comfort and, and selfish gain? Um, as we consider the struggle with anxiety, um, we're called to, in all things, trust God. We present those things to God in prayer. And, and the promise of God then is that he will grant us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And so the, the discipline um, is difficult given that most of us are bombarded with demands. And yet we know the calling, devote yourself to prayer, pray without ceasing. Um, those are things that uh, it is a discipline <laughs> because... I know for me, to have a good uninterrupted prayer time means I have to get up a little bit earlier than my kids. Um, if I'm going to consider the, the calendar before me in the day and take that to the Lord in prayer, there is a discipline where I have to get out of bed, and, and coffee helps a little bit. But there's that, still that aspect of 
of just uh, devoting yourself to prayer. And so part of it is is just knowing that this is absolutely essential, that apart from Christ we can do nothing. And when we are prayerless, then then we're serving in our own strength. And in essence, uh, we will not bear fruit. And so if there's going to be that fruit in our lives... Um, it is the manifestation manifestation of our, um, our fellowship with the Father, our time in prayer, our abiding in Christ, and walking by His Spirit. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's very helpful. So now thinking about those of us that are counselors, those that are listening, that serve as biblical counselors or uh, disciplers, talk to us about how counselors and disciplers might engage in prayer for the people that they're ministering to in that context of counseling. Okay. Yeah, very good. And so I think, um, you know, I think, of, and as I'm thinking through Colossians again, um, we have towards the end of Colossians where Paul has said the, the counseling ministry, in essence, is to present everyone mature. And we have Epaphras there who apparently has been um, one of the people, maybe the primary person to go into Colossae and present the gospel, and certainly has been a spiritual leader there in the teaching. And Paul says of him in Colossians 4.12, um, Epaphras is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. And so as we think about those that we're doing formal counseling with or those that we're just seeking to informally uh, point to Christ and the sufficiency of his word, um, struggling for them in our prayers. And so that has to be a a key aspect of that. And so as as I prepare for counseling sessions, um, as we enter in, whoever I'm meeting with comes into the office or wherever we're meeting up, um, I think practically what does that look like? First thing we do is, is pray. There may be a little bit of small talk, but then we transition it. Um, we take whatever situation we have before the Father. And uh, that's, that's beneficial in one because they may have come in having rehearsed what they're going to say and how they're going to prove themselves right and their spouse wrong or whatever it may be. And so we pray that the Lord will grant us all humility, um, that he would grant us his wisdom. And so in the preparation process, James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, Ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault. And so we constantly pray as we're preparing for the counseling session. As we open the counseling session, we acknowledge there's not going to be any, any real change apart from a work of the Spirit of God in our hearts. And so we acknowledge our dependence upon Him. And then sometimes even in that counseling session, there's just a time to stop and pray. You know, maybe there, there's been some genuine repentance. Um, it's just a time to stop and thank the Lord. Uh, maybe there's a time where confession just needs to take place right then and there. And so maybe we give them an opportunity to pray and to confess those things to the Lord that they've just confessed to me or their spouse or, or whatever the situation may be. Um, and then, of course, wrapping up that time in prayer, um, very, very important. You know, I think not all of us will necessarily do formal counseling, um, but as we think of, of prayer, Um, Somebody has said, I can't remember who it was, and I may butcher the the phrase here a little bit, but the gist of it is, um, if we love someone, we will pray for them. And the more that we pray for them, the more that we will love them. And I think that's very good, because if we truly love someone, one of the most loving things we can do is take them before our Heavenly Father. And the more we take them before our Heavenly Father and think of who they are in light of who God is and how His Word intersects with all that, the more that we are then likely to go out and actually love them more. 
And so that is the connection between prayer and, and counseling or discipleship. And so as we meet people on Sunday mornings and dialogue and ask, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And they share their struggles. Uh, then we can go back and uh, take note of that and just consider God's word. Well, what does God's word say about what they've shared with me? And then maybe we begin to pray that verse or that passage for them. And in the course of our next conversation, we can let them know, you know what? In light of what you shared last time, I've been praying this for you. Um, and, and, and we can do that in a sense of perhaps encouraging them, of, of giving them the hope of the scriptures, reminding them of the instruction that God has provided for us. And so that's kind of where the rubber meets the road, I guess, when it comes to um, prayer and doing counseling and discipleship. Well, that's very, very helpful. So let's flip it around now. Uh, as we're ministering to people in discipleship and formal counseling, one of the things we want to do is to help the people that we're trying to minister to, we want to help them to learn how to pray. And some of them maybe are just learning prayer. They're brand new Christians or maybe mm-hmm. they're seasoned believers, but they might confess to us that prayer is not really an active part of their life. So how would you encourage the counselee to pray as you minister to them? Okay. Yeah, so one, maybe kind of fill out a little bit, um, what does their prayer life look like? And then just in the course of what's shared, remind them of the necessity of prayer related to those things. And so to to teach them to pray in all things and to pray for all things. Um, a great passage that, that connects the word and prayer, uh, Psalm 119.36, says, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. And so that is is what we want to help them understand. Oftentimes, people are there for counseling um, because of selfishness, because of, of pride. And so just to plead with the Lord daily to incline my heart um, to your word, to your testimonies, and not to selfish gain. So just asking the Lord up front, just humbling ourselves before him in prayer and teaching them how to do that. I think some specific ways maybe that we want to encourage them in, in what to pray and how to pray, um, one may just be to accept the will of God. Uh, and sometimes that's very difficult because often things come into our lives that we didn't order, we didn't ask, we don't even want. Um, and yet Psalm 119.91 says that all things are His servants. And we serve a God who is sovereign and a God who makes all things work together for the good of His people, for those, for those who love Him. And so just reminding them of that, I wrote down a little quote here from, uh, from Stephen Yule, his book, A Labor of Love. And he wrote this. He says, We pray that we might accept what God wills as what is best. When he wills sickness, sickness is better than health. When he wills valleys, valleys are better than mountaintops. When he wills death, death is better than life. Do we struggle to believe and accept this? We must pray. And so we teach them to pray, to accept God's good and and perfect will, that God would uh, grant them the grace and the humility to be able to trust him in the midst of of all things, knowing that uh, even as of Joseph, um, what others intended for evil, God intended for good. So teach them to pray in light of that. Maybe some other very practical ways to teach them to pray um, would be to stand firm when they're tempted. And so maybe somebody's struggling with a life-dominated sin and um, teach them to pray passages like Ephesians 6, um, 10 through 11, uh, or 10 through 20, where Paul there is, is telling them to put on the whole armor of God. Um, and repeatedly he, he calls them to stand firm in the faith. But the only way they can do that is to appropriate God's word through prayer. And so to teach them what that looks like, how to... Uh, 
how to do battle, so to speak, um, in praying the promises of God. John Bunyan said that uh, prayer will make a man cease from sin, or sin will entice a man to cease from prayer. And I think that's that's so true. As we're uh, looking at the issues, the struggles that we have, the sin issues that, that can be in our lives, um, and we take them to the Father in prayer, asking for His grace to honor Him, to walk again in a manner worthy of His calling, um, Certainly that is uh, what we have to do because no one is transformed apart from the grace of God and it's his, his gift. Yeah, another thing often in, in counseling that we need to teach our, our um, counselees to do in prayer is to confess sin. Um, they've come in, they've acknowledged the struggle, we've helped them to identify exactly what that is according to the Word of God, help them see it as God sees it, and then to help them confess it in a biblically appropriate way. And so, you know, if somebody's coming in struggling with, with lust or something to that nature, we may take them to Psalm 51. And maybe that's their homework assignment. Why don't you go home and, and read this and then uh, seek to understand this and then make this your personal, your personal prayer. Another passage that I give frequently when there's conflict in, in the home or between two individuals or three individuals or whatever it may be is to have each individual go home and pray uh, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. And to encourage them, make that your prayer. It's not, Lord, um, help this other person see how bad and wicked they are. <laughs> Rather, it's, Lord, I'm a part of this. Help me to understand how I have contributed to this. Maybe my response wasn't loving. Uh, maybe I did something I should not have done. Help me to see that as you see that to confess that and to help me to walk in, in your way. And I think another key thing is, as we do biblical counseling and as we help others learn to pray is to teach them to um, pray that they would become in practice what they already are in position. And so in Christ, um, they are saints. And so <laughs> Pastor Stephen at Grace Community Church did a series recently um, on 1 Corinthians and Paul starts out by addressing them as saints. And then pretty much for the rest of the letter, he says, now act like it. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is who you are. This is what you profess. But here's what you're doing. Um, it's, it's time to grow up a little bit. It's, it's time to, to act like it. And so pray that they would indeed uh, grow up in the faith. Donald Whitney once said, one of the main reasons for a lack of godliness is prayerlessness. And so I think that is so true. Um, and so as, as people come in with their various struggles, you know, we can, we can ask them, have you been praying about this? Have you prayed about this? How have you been praying about this? Um, and, and they may say, you know, I've, I've been praying. They say, yeah, I, I pray every day. In fact, I pray all day every day. And then to clarify, okay, can you, can you give me an example of what one of those prayers would look like? And the essence of it is, God, give me what I want and right now. And strike this person dead. They're really annoying me. <laughs> and that may be their prayers. And so I think it's important to find out what do their prayers actually look like? And how do we teach them then to pray uh, according to God's word in a way that would be honoring to the Lord, in a way that would, by God's grace, be heartfelt and sincere? And so praying, again, is just responding to God. It's, it's adoration of who He is. It's, it's confession of sin. It's, it's thanksgiving for His goodness and uh, supplication, uh, praying for ourselves, praying for others, and such a vital part of the counseling ministry. Well, that's very helpful. Um, you know, I think it, it illustrates the 
really how important prayer is, and even as we minister in formal counseling or maybe you know just coming alongside a brother or sister in Christ, you know, to help encourage them to make that a regular part of their walk with God. And I know you and I both would regularly assign prayer as part mm-hmm. of our homework, uh, not because you know we're trying to force people, but just to help them to develop the habit of something so essential um, in their life as they work toward. You know, a solution to whatever the problem is that brought them there, but but more mostly just to develop a regularity in communion with God mm-hmm. each day. So, a um, couple follow up questions, if that's okay. Okay. Um, what have you found helpful in your own prayer life, and and maybe you could share with those listening what are some things that you've found particularly helpful to grow and develop your prayer life over the years? Okay. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I try to um, every year. So it is one of those disciplines, and. Uh, it is one of those things that, that I just intentionally now realize I need to just take some time and do a study on prayer. And so a couple months ago, I read through a newer book by Nine Marks Ministry. I think it's entitled Prayer. Mm-hmm. Very helpful in thinking through prayer more from the light of a, a congregational perspective. Um, but I'll try to read through something every year just to keep me focused on that. Um, another thing that is is helpful and actually uh, Dan Kirk from Calvary Bible uh, gave us this idea of a family retreat is to create a, par- a prayer journal and in that you're not necessarily writing down names of anybody or those types of things but you're just writing down going through the acronym ACTS A adoration just write down verses that uh, someone else in the scripture is just um, giving praise to God for who he is and so write those down um, confession same thing what are what are passages that are confessing sin? Write those down. Thanksgiving. What are passages that are just full of thanksgiving and supplication? And so just writing out those verses and just praying through those as I get started. And for me, that's particularly helpful because usually when I get up in the morning, even with a cup of coffee, my thoughts aren't too um, intelligent yet, <laughs> not too well put together. But I can, I can read those prayers of somebody else from the Scriptures and then make that my own. And it begins to stir my affections again towards God in the morning. And then out of that supplication, um, how then do we pray for others? And so Dan recommended, and I found this very helpful, each day of the week, um, set aside something specific you're going to focus on. And so obviously we, we probably want to pray for our spouses every day, our children every day, you know, those that we have immediate uh, influence on every day. But beyond that... Um, how can we pray? So on Sunday, uh, what I have for Sunday morning is is I pray that the Word of God would be heard and that there would be active listening, that the Spirit of God would take that and, and grant understanding and then um, meditation upon that throughout the week and, and application. And, and so other days of the week, Monday, um, tends to be my day off, and so I'll uh, make that more of a focused day to pray for my family. Um, Tuesdays, I make that a day to, to pray for counseling. Um, for those who are doing the counseling, for those who I'm counseling, kind of a set-aside time. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I've committed after a counseling case, okay, I'll pray for you this week, and then this week is over, and they're there, and I realize outside of preparation, maybe that morning, I didn't really even think about them or pray for them all week because of everything else going on. Um, and so by having that time set aside, we, we pray for the things that we really ought to be praying for, and we're praying Scripture. And so with each of those, um, you know, we write out a passage. And so if it's counselee, usually we've identified those key struggles, and so then I'll write down passages related to the struggles, and I'll pray that for them. As I'm praying that for them, it's also then helping me understand more of how to love them 
in the midst of that. And so that's been a very, I guess, helpful tool is just kind of keeping a prayer journal. You know, another thing just for, for regular discipline, as you study the Word, I find it helpful not just to read, okay, that was good, now go about my day. Um, I find it helpful to read and then take some time to review what I just read and then to write out a prayer. And just by doing that, that exercise of paraphrasing that text into my own words, seeking the Lord's grace that I would live according to what I've just read, um, has been very helpful. And that also then leads me throughout the rest of the day to be able to remember what I read, because I wrote it out, and to meditate upon that and continue to make that a matter of prayer. So those are just some of the helps that that have uh, been beneficial in my own life. That's very helpful to hear, yeah. And then um, maybe any particular resources? You mentioned the book by Nine Marks, and we're thankful for mm-hmm. that whole series of books. Any other books that have been particularly a blessing to you in regard to the topic of prayer? Hmm. Yeah, that would be the most recent. Anything from the Puritans pretty much on prayer. Um, so I'll, I'll usually go back and read something on those. Um, trying to get other books that have been... The most beneficial of the year. Stephen's book, um, The Labor of Love, mm-hmm. just in ministry and the role of prayer there. It was a very, very good section. You know, the studies on um, the Lord's Prayer, I've gone through several of those now, and those have been exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. And so just working through the Lord's Prayer, really seeking to understand. We don't necessarily need to pray those words word for word every time we pray, but the general structure and the content that there is is something that ought to um frame our prayers, so to speak. And so anything on the Lord's Prayer that uh, would be written well would be a great resource. I remember at our conference several years ago, you quoted Bunyan that uh, we Uh, can do many things once we have prayed, but we can really do nothing until we've prayed or something to that effect. So Mm -hmm. it always stuck with me. It was so good. Yeah, very true. Well, thanks so much for your time, for being here. And uh, this has really been a helpful conversation. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word, the podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. We want to invite you to our annual conference this fall uh, in biblical counseling right here in Granbury, Texas. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, this fall we'll be hosting a conference over three weekends and you will receive over 30 hours of training in discipleship and counseling from instructors like Brian Gaines and others, uh, local pastors and uh, biblical counselors on our team here. So if you'd like information about that conference, we'd love for you to be our guest. Uh, Or if you'd like to access any of our resources on our website, you can visit us at thecbcd.org. And for more information about Pastor Brian Gaines and the ministry of Grace Community Church in Glen Rose, Texas, you can visit them at their website at gccministries.org.